Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to A Minute with Coach Riggs. Former T.R. Miller head football coach Jamie Riggs shares his views on all aspects of football after a 40-year Hall of Fame high school career. Coach Riggs and his guests will discuss the latest on the local high school and college teams, the current issues that are dominating high school, college, and NFL football, as well as reliving some of the classic moments and history of the game with the people that made it happen. This is A Minute with Coach Riggs. I want to welcome you to A Minute with Coach Riggs. And again, uh, today on this episode, I have with me uh, David Jennings. And I've been looking forward to uh, this episode for a while because we are today introducing uh, the T.R. Miller Top 10 concept that we're fixing to use to um, celebrate some of the great teams and players and games that we have had at T.R. Miller over the years. And so I'm really excited about this and all. And uh, so, uh, David, uh, it's, it's good to have you, and, and let's get rolling. Coach, thank you for having me and let me be a part of it. Uh, like you, I'm excited about this. Um, the, the, the teams will speak for themselves. The players will as well. It won't be easy to get either list whittled down you know, across the board, but we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it, going to have a lot of fun coming up with the list. And uh, th- this is just going to be this is going to be great. And the fact that we all are a part of a school that has such a discussion and, and, a, and a debate and so many to choose from, I think speaks volumes for, for T.R. Miller. And, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, one of the reasons that we want to do this is just to really, you know, I, I have great respect for the for the present and uh, I understand the importance of the future. But we also uh, want to go back and celebrate some of these teams and players from the past. Uh, what they did to help establish the tradition, which I consider to be as good as any in the state of Alabama, uh, of, of football at Miller and what all they, they have done and what all they have accomplished. And one of the conversations that when we first started talking about this that we had was, this is going to be, we know it's going to be difficult. But one of the things that makes this thing difficult is that there are so many good teams. There have been so many good players that it's going to be tough to wade through all of this. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of other schools where this would be wouldn't be quite as tough a, a deal. But when at Miller, where we have had, and just give you an example, in the last sixty years or so, we, we've had like three losing seasons. That's a losing season every two decades. Wow! <laughs> so, wow. so you're wow. just you're just talking about. Great success. A lot of people had a lot of thing, a lot to do with that, and so that's what we want to be able to do is talk about this. We know this is going to be a, a, a difficult uh, with the task. Now, what we are going to do is let's talk a little bit about how we're going to go accomplish this. We'll have we'll talk in a few minutes about different top ten lists and that kind of thing. But one of the things that we want to recognize is is here is how we're going to go about doing this. We have uh, put together a committee of people to vote and make the decisions on this, and you and I will not be a part of that, correct? Coach, Coach I'm going to echo that again. We are the messenger. You and I will be the messenger. We will take the information the committee gives us, and we will relay it here on a minute with Coach, uh, Coach Riggs if and when it comes out. A committee, an anonymous committee. Anonymous, 
Yes, and we've we've already asked the committee members not to tell people who they are. We we don't want to get into all of that. Now, I will say this though you you have a little experience with top ten list a little bit here. You you did a little bit. You do some of this on drive time. When did you do this? No, this was back in the uh, the Tiger Talk days, and we had the website going. Uh, when we had the blogs. Oh yeah, I, I got. Think, you. I think yeah. we had the water cooler or something, and yeah, and Michael had it set up where I had a little session, and I'd gotten with the committee, and we had kind of done uh, some top tens at different positions. Uh, we didn't get, we didn't do it specifically. We did like the the all time tier middle offense or the all time tier middle defense. We didn't really go position by position. So this will go a little deeper. This will encompass more people. This will be a bigger celebration of TR Miller than that was. But yeah, I've been down this road before and I can't tell you how important the committee is to your, to your health, uh, to, to, to have that committee to fall back on and say, Hey, we're just the messenger. We're just the messenger. <laughs> well, that brings about the, the next, the next thing here is that, um, I'm going to, um, right up on our Minute with Coach Riggs Facebook page. I'm going to kind of write this up for everybody, you know, so everybody kind of understand what's going on with it and everything. We really want people to be able to go on there and and, and essentially comment, but really nominate people and talk about people because the more information we have, the more we can give to the committee and the better off that's going to make everything. And so at the end of the day, when we have the top 10 list, if you talk about someone there or give us uh, that information, uh, it's going to become part of the discussion with the committee. That's going to be a name and, and, and some facts that they'll get about that person or that game or whatever it is. So don't complain about how the list ended up if you didn't even get involved in it. And it's also important to remember, this is a celebration. Uh, if you if you had asked 20 different people their opinion on the teams or the players, you're going to get 20 different lists, and they would all be right, or you could certainly justify all of them. This is a celebration of our school. This is a celebration of our program. This is a celebration of our players, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Obviously, people are going to have their opinions, and this is what that is for. We certainly want you to share them, whether it's on the page that Coach Riggs sets up, you can text me. You can text Coach Reyes. You can call us. Whatever you want to do, just be nice. Just be nice. <laughs> That's and I want to say this, Coach. And I want to say this, Coach. If anybody, I didn't speak to this because my daddy was also on those teams. If anybody nominates those early sixty T R Miller teams, you're going to be banned from the page. <laughs> well, you're be banned. Well, we'll we'll see how that works out. You know, <laughs> do which which kind of kind of brings us a little bit to we recognize that we have some difficulties here because sooner or later, if you're doing teams, you got to compare teams from different eras. And it's just real hard because first of all, there, there were different numbers of classifications that you were competing in. Number two, you know, at times really up until 1967 ish, 66, 67, we didn't even have any kind of playoff system. And right. then, and then when we we started that playoff system, it was extremely difficult, you know, to to even make the playoffs. We made the playoffs in '69. We know that we made the playoffs in '73. We made the playoffs in '78 and '76. We made playoffs in '76. I think it was like four times in basically 15 years before they changed the classification system. And we right. had we had at least two teams that went nine and one. It didn't even make the playoffs. 
didn't even make the playoffs. Just the difficulty of trying to compare everything from records to players. The rules were different. You know, uh, the rules have been different the last 30 years about blocking. And so it changed the game. The game went from more of a defensive game to more of an offensive game. You start looking at at teams and all, like the, the amount of points or something that were scored. Gee whiz, in this day and time, if you have a team that only gave up 100 points, they've had a heck of a year. You know, I mean, they, I'm just talking about even the regular season. They've had a heck of a year. There were teams back there in the 30s and 40s, it was commonplace for people to give up 50 or 60 points in a year or less. And so it's just very difficult to to compare eras and stuff like that. But we think we have some ways to do it. We're going to take a shot at it. And, Coach, I want to add something to that about comparing teams and the eras, if I could. And the eras is hard enough. But, like, I want to use back-to-back teams. I want to use the 1983 team and the 1984 team. The 1983 team, that was the last year that we had four classifications in the state of Alabama. Our T.R. Miller football team went 9-1 and one and lost to Atmore 20-0 down there. Atmore went on and won the state championship. The next year, fall of 1984, we go to six classifications. After five games, our T.R. Miller Tigers were 2-3. and three. And, of course, went on to win the state championship uh, later that fall. But had they been a year prior, they'd have missed the playoffs by a mile. So who had the, so, so who had the better team? I'm not saying who had the, who had the biggest trophy that was over with, what team was better. But that just shows, that, that'll go to show you how difficult this will be, not only comparing eras, but comparing teams. How do you deal with the playoff deal? Because yeah. we had teams who, um, again, lost one game, didn't make the playoffs. We had other teams that lost, okay, the 2002 team. They went 6-3 and three in the regular season and then won yeah. the state championship. Won the state championship. And let me ask you this, Coach, is, or let me make this point. It's hard to imagine the committee not putting a state championship team in the top ten. I don't know what they're mm-hmm. going to do. That's hard to imagine. But if that 6-3 and three team had gotten beaten in the semifinals, would they still been viewed the same? They yeah, didn't use yeah. the 84 team. The two, it was two and three after five games. If they get beaten in the quarterfinals, or excuse me, the semifinals, well, they've been viewed the same. But they didn't. They won it, and, and we're, we're, we're better for it. But this is going to be interesting. This is going to be good, uh, how they break this out how, and what they come up with. But it's going to be good discussion. I'll go back to, to one of the great teams you coached, the, the 95 team that lost in Alexandria. The fact they didn't win the state, win the, the fact they did not win the state championship, you're going to tell me that wasn't a great football team? Yeah. You're going to tell me they shouldn't strongly be considered for the top 10. So I'm anxious to see how all this shakes out. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be good. And we need input. Yeah, we absolutely. Need, when, when, when coach gets the page set up, fire in, don't hold back. Just be nice. Just be nice. <laughs> just be nice. Just be nice. Just, just, just be nice. So, yeah, you know, so now we do like when we, when we, particularly when we start talking about individuals, you know, it's it's great to have, like I said, first or secondhand accounts on on individuals. Um, we do have some things to help us. Um, like I said, we, we we do have some film and video. You know, for, at least from the last sixty years or so, uh, we had newspaper accounts, different things of, of of players. And you know, back in the even back in the forties and fifties, sometimes you know, you know, they're writing up the Bruton Standards, writing up the games, and right. and and like. 
Harold Pearson was a great writer back in the forties. Yes, he and was, he, and and he even came back and wrote some later on in his later years. He was really good, and I can remember some of the things I've seen that he's written from like the forties, where he's describing, you know, this great player Miller had and the run he made. So, you know, those kind of things are very helpful in trying to determine how good those players were. And then also we have the All-State teams. If if you made an All-State, and we have All-State teams going back to, oh, gee, I don't know, the 30s at least, maybe the 20s. If if you were on an All-State team, obviously sports writers don't know all the players. But in order to make an All-State team, 95% of the time, those guys are nominated by their head coach. So yes, if somebody from the – 40s or 50s made an all-state team their coach thought they were good enough meaning they're one of the best players on the team they thought they were good enough to nominate them for that and sometimes they were on the first second team or a third team or not or they were honorable mention but it tells us a little bit about what the head coach thought about them and here's another issue that that we have to be kind of careful about so some of these guys left miller went on to have really good college careers and it, it, it's kind of not fair to let their college career creep into their Miller time where guys who weren't able to go play in college doesn't get that advantage, if that makes sense. So we know, i give you an example, like Walter Lewis is a great player at Alabama. Okay, we all know that. So is it fair to use his greatness at Alabama to <laughs> up him the list some on, on the thing, or do we ignore that? Well, he only finished, I think, in fifth place in the Heisman Trophy this senior year. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it might be kind of hard to ignore, but I understand what you're saying. And uh, hopefully the committee can get it uh, weighted out and at least get close to getting it right. But he wasn't bad at T.R. Miller either. <laughs> he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad there. <laughs> All right. Uh, another thing that we, we came up with, you know, when we started talking about this is when we start comparing teams, again, difficult to compare eras. But we do have a little information in that from the Alabama High School Football Historical Society, we have the records of just about everybody that we have played. In other words, say a team from 1950, you know, if they lost to Atmore, we can look and, and see what Atmore's record was that year. How good was Atmore that year when we when we lost to them? So one of the things that we, we can recognize here is one thing that seems to set teams apart is dominance. How dominant were they in their year, that uh, whatever year that was? So if they won nine games, how dominant were they in those nine wins? And when you go back and look at the one loss, who was the loss to? What kind of football team was that that they lost to? So I, I can give you an easy example of that. I think the 1946 team was like eight, zero, and one. And right at the end of the year, they played Atmore, and they tied Atmore. And and you go back and look and see what kind of team Atmore had. Atmore was also undefeated, except they had one tie. I guess what I'm trying to say is they didn't have the availability of a playoff or anything, but they had pretty much dominated everybody, and they just met up with somebody who was of their equal, and they tied. So how does the committee handle that? Because they, in theory, they only won eight games. Yet, we got teams that won 12 games, but also lost three games. Right. And won a championship. So, But dominance seems to be one thing that at least we can look towards. Yeah, and that, I think that'll probably be weighted. I, I would think that would be weighted uh, 
heavily. Um, it'll be interesting uh, to to see how they how they. I'm glad they're doing it and not us. But that'll be uh, that's that's gonna be good. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to, to to seeing the input on the on the page that you set up or getting a text or a phone call. Uh, the more input, the better. The more informed decisions and 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 lists they can come up with. So this is this is gonna be good. Just be nice. Just be nice. Just be nice. Be and nice. and then last thing about all that is is as we start talking about individual players. You know, I would just think of people's accounts and memories of that is going to be big. You know, so we want to hear. So, so give you an example. If I just said, of all the great running backs we had in the late 70s, who was the best one? Golly. I can tell you who my first favorite Tyrell Miller Tiger was, was Randall Mallard. And he yeah. was a great football player. Reggie Brown came, you know, right behind him. He was great. But it was, it, it was stacked. Walter Broughton was great. It was stacked. But one of the things that – but one of the things that we could do, David, too, is if we get stumped on things like that sometimes, is is go back and you know make a phone call to somebody who we know has some knowledge on that. So if sure. I really wanted to know about the running backs in the late seventies, I just call Jim Hart. He coached, yeah, him and say, yeah, right. you know, and he may not want want to have an opinion on that, but it would be <laughs> the first time that he didn't have an opinion when I asked him a question. So. <laughs> I'll so. tell you a player that I'm, I'm probably most interested in hearing about just because it was so far uh, ahead of my time was Hosey Rogers. I mean, he, he's got to be in the conversation somewhere. I, I don't know where on the list he's going to pop up, if he's going to pop up at all. But to have had the career he had, I, I'm a, I, I've heard of late bloomers, but I refuse to believe that he's not going to be in the conversation for something. Yeah, and uh, the thing about Hosey, too, was that not only – was was he a, he a great player? But he, and again, here's some of the stuff you get into. You know, they were running like single wing some back then. All right, well, when you run a single wing, the quarterback was actually a blocking back, and they snapped it to what we call the shotgun today. And the guy that catching the ball most times called the tailback, and Jose Rogers was the tailback. Interesting from a context standpoint that the quarterback of the 19, like early forties didn't touch the ball very much. <laughs> so it's hard to compare quarterbacks then to quarterbacks. Now you can say, well, you could say Hosey was a quarterback. Well, he did throw some, but it's a different context than the quarterback. He was more of a running back than he really was a, a, a quarterback. So, you know, there's just so many things that you kind of get into when you start trying to, again, compare eras and, and things like that. So we know that there are going to be some issues that the committee is going to have to deal with. But part of your job and my job is just to get them the information and let them go with it. And then one other thing that we know that's going to be difficult, really from about when your dad played, like from about 1960 on, we have knowledge because, um, like I said, we have film. We have people like – I started watching Miller play a bunch in 1963 and 64. I was, I don't know, eight or nine years old. And so I've got memories of all that, and I can remember the teams and the players. and not, I, you know, So from then on, I'm pretty good, you know, just to have some knowledge of what goes on because even, even, even when I was coaching, I was paying attention to who was good. Yes, so, sir. So, but before that, when you go back – and we are we're talking about all the teams at T.R. Miller. Our first team was in 1926. So we're talking about now almost 100 years of football. 
we just don't have great knowledge of those teams from the 50s back. We, we do have a few people that can kind of help us with some of that probably, but it's just going to be a little more difficult just because obviously we just don't have the people that can, can give us that information and tell us that. Well, you've shared a couple of clips with me over the last couple of years. The film don't lie. Coach Sasser could play. Yes. Yes. My it, gosh. <laughs> he was, he was, he had dynamite in his cleats. I mean, that, that's some of the most impressive film that I've seen of any of them. And I, you know, I'm sure he'll be considered and mentioned and talked about or whatnot. And I don't think this is going to surprise you, coach, but I took the liberty of reaching out to the committee. You took a liberty? <laughs> and I and I told them I didn't want to be considered for any of the positions. <laughs> you know, I, did, I, did, I thought that would taint the process. I certainly, you know, wouldn't have felt comfortable being the messenger and having to mention my name. So I'm out. So anybody that wants to add input or, or put on votes, please don't waste it on me. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm stunned. <laughs> I don't. That's going. That's going. Are we are we going to have a true top ten DB defensive back list without you on it? I mean, I just don't know. Well, you know, I I, I feel like it's a it's a penalty that, that should be paid simply because my night up here against Litchfield in the eighty six state state championship game probably cost that team for being considered the top ten team. <laughs> well, I tell you, and and I, I feel bad about that kind of David. I was looking forward to putting that picture of you in those high top black shoes and everything. And <laughs> no, sir. I'll, uh, I'm going to leave that to the real players, but I am looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot of great names discussed. There's going to be, uh, uh, I don't know if it's unfortunate or fortunate. There's going to be a lot of great players who don't make the list. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there just going through my head. And of course, you know, my, my list doesn't necessarily count, but it, it doesn't take long to get to 10 on any of the positions. Really? Really? And you know, the linemen, you know, the linemen are going to be, wow. So we start talking about just offensive linemen and blockers. So obviously opinions of guys that played would make a difference. When you play, who was the best lineman on your team? Who could block the best? You know, I'd like to hear that. 60s, 70s, 80s, who could who could really, really get up there and block some folks, which is going to be really important. There are no stats. Nobody watches that. I mean, I can watch Walter Broughton break a punt return. And I, I can figure out that, you know, he could play. But with linemen, we don't watch linemen because we watch the ball all the time. But we do have some film. But I would think that more important than that would be, you know, some of the comments from some of the folks that, that played with them to let us know, you know, who who were the, the really good good blockers. And, think, you know, like, like my team in 96, I had some really good blockers on it. And I always think about, uh, you know, like uh, Wayne Lodge and Michael Bell. You know, the yes. two, two big guys over there. Put them together over there, son. We'd run over there. and Man, you know, they, they could do it. So we want to give proper justification here to everybody that we can. So it helps for people to tell us about and remind us about these guys. We're going we're gonna to leave some people off or even forget to consider some folks, not on purpose, but just because the task is so big. And so we really need help that. But we particularly need help with linemen. Yes, one more thing when you talked a minute about uh, the Facebook thing. What, what we'll do is when we get the team and we get it ready, uh, we will have a reveal show, and uh, we will, we'll talk about each person. I, I guess we're, we're going to start at number 10 work down, don't you think so? Yes, sir. 
All right, so we'll we'll do that, and then after the reveal show, I'm going to try to put as much stuff on the Facebook page as I can, pictures, video uh, of everybody that I possibly can. If it's teams, again, you know, you know video of teams, you know, pictures of them, whatever other other information that we can put on there, you know, to say this is basically. You know, this was a number nine team or whatever it was. Uh, this is this is some of the things about them, their season or whatever. So we're going to kind of celebrate that by putting as much of that stuff on there as we can. And so we want people to ever go on there and, and actually see some of that. So, again, if you got pictures or whatever of some of these folks, that would that would be helpful. But um, uh, we want to be able to, 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 to do that. What else do we need to to talk about here, David? Has anything else been on your mind about this and – well, you, you mentioned the linemen, and, and, and we've talked about the the eras. We've, we, we've talked about, you know, the, the way the playoffs are set up. And, and you mentioned, you know, a piece of the criteria being maybe all state selections or recognitions or whatnot. It's also important to remember that down through the years, that format has changed. You know, back in the day, there was one all state team. There wasn't yes. a first team, a second team, a third team, and, I, and I'm not knocking the people who got that. I mean, that's that's that's. I'm, I'm glad that more people are getting recognized. But to get on those teams back in the day, more times than not, you had to play on a very successful team during the season. And I remember in the fall of 1981, Coach Sasher's first year, TR Miller, our TR Miller football team went two and eight. And it just so happened everybody in a 60 mile radius was probably playing their best football. Greenville was really good. Monroeville was really good. Atmore was fantastic. Everybody was good. T.R. Miller was tough. We just didn't have enough Jimmys and Joes to finish those things at the end. If you go back and look at those scores, we were there. We just couldn't finish. But off that 1982 football team, a team that went 2-8, and eight, Lamar Ward was the was, was an all-state lineman. There was five all-state linemen in 3A that year, and he was one of them. And I just thought that was a tremendous – tribute to him to get that recognition on a team that didn't have much success on Friday night. So the, what he was thought of by the, by the people making those decisions, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, because if you looked at, if you looked at the guys on all state teams, they played on teams that went eight and two, nine and one, 10 and zero. there was no two and eight guys making the all state team, but our Lamar award did. And I think that speaks volumes. And you know, David, you talked a few minutes ago, um, about uh, Hosey Rogers. I don't know whether you know this or not, but in 1941, when he was a senior, the Montgomery Advertiser, he was on their top 11 All-State team. He got more votes from all the coaches and writers and all that voted on this thing. He got more votes than any other player that year. So that's information that probably the committee would want because yeah. if, if they considered him to so essentially they considered him to be the number one back in the state of Alabama that year they didn't oh, give yeah. a they didn't give a back of the year award but that's that that's what that that indicates that he was number one back of the year at that at that time that's information that we have some again from newspaper accounts and things like that and by the way I just want to say this you know hey it's fine to to if you want to Get up here and and wave the flag like for your dad or your husband yeah. to be on there. I think that'd be great. It's perfectly okay to do that. Well, that's what it's this. That's what this is for is to celebrate and remember. And, and it's not taking anything away from the present or looking towards the future. But this is an opportunity 
you know, to, to embrace and remember, you know, what has happened here for, for so many years, a place that's special to all of us. I'm going to chime in on it. I want Fab, you talk about the offensive lineman, I want Fab Betts on there. I certainly <laughs> want him strongly considered. He was a great football player. He has the state recognition. He was our strong tackle. He was probably one of the first big guys that was really athletic. He's a good basketball player. You know, probably ran a, a five flat or a four nine forty. Good knee bender. Not to mention he was six three two eighty. And then, I mean, he was good. He was really good. And I'm certainly going to lobby for him to be strongly considered. He was a great player. Absolutely, I remember him well. He 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 was something. And I have a little bit different viewpoint of it, a little bit of that because, like in the early eight, like in eighty one and eighty two, I was over there at Iowa. We were playing Miller. You know, and so, you know, when you stand on that, and the same thing when I became the head coach over there in 86 and 87 we played, you'll remember the 87 game. I think y'all beat us like 77 to nothing. It's a little different when you stand on there on the other sideline and you watch a film from a perspective of a an opponent rather than your own players. And sure. it's just, it's a it's a different deal when you start looking you recognize how good some of these people are. You know, sometimes if, when it's your own your own team, your own family, you don't recognize just how good they are sometimes. But when you're standing on that other sideline, you know, you recognize that in a hurry. And uh, so, you know, I had a little different viewpoint from that standpoint. And so I can kind of, those years, understand, uh, even though in 81 we weren't, weren't real good that year, uh, it was, you know, there were some good players there. We just didn't have a lot of folks. So, well, David, the, the first top ten list – that we are going to do, and we could go through a number of top ten lists. Now, obviously, by position, top ten quarterbacks, top ten running backs, top ten linebackers. You know, I mean, that, that, the list going. We can also do some different lists that are a little bit bit different. Like, uh, what's, who are the top ten two way players at T.R. Miller? Guys that played on both offense and defense and, and were, were outstanding on both sides of the ball. What would be, say, the top ten father-son combinations that played at T.R. Miller? Now, that might bring you back into the fray right there because your dad was pretty good and your son was yeah. pretty good. So, hey, that might bring you back in the conversation. I think I think uh, Theodore contributed two wins in four years. So from the if, if we're going off success, uh, we're still going to have a tough time cracking that list. But it would be fun to discuss. Anyway. You're right. Uh, I mean, we're going to have a lot of fun with this, and it can go in a lot of different directions. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun to do all of it. And I just want to encourage everybody and remind everybody to be nice. To be nice. Just be nice. So the first top ten list is going to be the top ten best football teams at T.R. Miller. Who are the top 10 all-time teams? So we're talking about, we've had like, I don't know what, 97 teams now? <laughs> so we we got to come up with 10. And uh, we've had, like I said, 27 of them win 10 games or more. And so it, you're talking about, there's going to be about 20 teams here probably that are not on the list that won 10 games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be, that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough, and I that's gonna be tough. So um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna it's gonna be fun, but it's it's gonna be interesting as to how you're gonna because you know sooner or later you're gonna get down and you're gonna start comparing two teams, and you know how it is. One of them's from the seventies, one of them's from the nineties, and we're comparing them. The records are maybe even be the same. How you gonna yeah. decide that? That's gonna be a kind of a a, a tough deal because we'll go back and look at. Uh, and give this the committee this information. 
quick look the, at the records, who they played, who they beat, who they lost to. Still going to be I, I, difficult. Well, I'll tell you this, and of course, I don't think it's going to carry any weight with the committee, but I would offer I would offer up the socks y'all wore in the 70s were on point. The, the red, black, red two socks. Yes. I've tried to bring those back up here for 20 years. Nobody <laughs> nobody else has the same interest in wanting to do it. I don't know if you could get them anymore, but if there was a tiebreaker, y'all had the best socks. I no doubt. Red, black, red. That was a big deal back there in the early God. 70s. Man, they were... They were classic right there. That was they, good they were stuff. They were, those things were popping. I loved them. <laughs> and it was important that you pull those things up over your knees. Just about. <laughs> Had to have them at your knees. Yeah. Had to have them at your knees. And then later on when I started coaching, you know, the like some of the medical people came in and said, you really ought to pull them socks down low because you want your, <laughs> you want your legs to be able to sweat. We're like, we didn't sweat in the 70s apparently because we didn't, we didn't worry about that. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, nutrition in the 70s was like a burger and a fries at McDonald's. We didn't, yeah. know, we didn't know anything about all that kind of stuff. I mean, <laughs> heck, we drank Coca-Colas at halftime, and later on they said it was bad for you. So, you know, we, we, were, we were talking about that. We were still doing that in the 80s. We were talking the other day. We'd come back here. We were dressing under the stadium, and uh, – you, you kind of take your shoulder pads and helmets off and grab you a, an ice cold Coca Cola. Yeah, we'll sit down here after to head back out. <laughs> now they're drinking protein drinks and supplements and all this other stuff. Yeah, and we had ice cold Coke. Yeah, and and what I remembered about that is that when you played at Neil. They never give you enough. Like it was like if we had forty eight people, they go give us forty two drinks or something. They they did that on purpose over there. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which brings about another top ten list. The yeah. top ten biggest games versus WS Neal. Ah, uh, that would be a good list right there, wouldn't it? That's gonna be a great we'll, we'll have to we'll have to get to that one. And that would yeah. And once again, it's gonna be hard to carve out ten. Yeah, it'd be fun. That, that's gonna be hard to carve out ten, but that yeah, that that's one that we need to to get to as well. All I mean, right, you so a, you, you mentioned you mentioned a moment ago, and this is, is off topic just a little bit. You mentioned Mister Pearson, you know, writing for the Bruton Standard back in the day. He came back in the seventies. He was the beat writer for Little League Baseball yeah. and Booth Baseball when I was playing. And I have a lot of those articles. My mother had a little scrapbook and kept some of the things in there, and his writings. And he was so descriptive. He he was an amazing man. I, I can seem like it was yesterday sitting in those wooden bleachers at O'Bannon covering the game, full write-ups. He did all the batting averages, the whole nine yeah. yards. And I would love to see some of his writings from the football side of it. I didn't know that he was writing way back when. And I don't know if there's copies of it anywhere or if anybody else has them or if you have them. But I'd like to see those posted from time to time if they're available because he was he was magnificent. Yeah, we can get a hold of some of those. He, he, um, he really was. He did, he did a really nice job. Like I said, that you know, his – and, David, I don't know if you've ever gone back and read a lot of stuff that they wrote in the newspaper about sports back in, like, the 30s and the 40s. They wrote differently. I mean, they wrote differently. And the way they described things, and they were really very dramatic about things sometimes. They would describe this play or something that was a great play during the game. And they could just – I mean, you could picture the guy running – and breaking the tackle going down the sideline, you know, that, that they did that. And they just really did a, a magnificent job of uh, trying to cover not only Miller but Neal in those days as well. So uh, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff there that, that uh, hopefully one of these days we can get to and, and see and hear. So, um, well, we're, we're just about ready to uh, to go So um, uh, with this list. So, like, give an example. Like, for this first deal here where we're doing the teams 
do you think you go back and you start with all of the, say, the state championship teams and you kind of put them in a bucket over there and you take, oh, I don't know, maybe all the teams that just lost one game, that just you know, the whole season they lost one game, and you, that would include the, the teams that didn't make the playoffs but only lost one game or teams that maybe went undefeated during the regular season, and we've had several of those, and then lost like you know, lost in the playoffs, but that would still be a pretty darn good football team that was able to to do that. And you just kind of do that, start throwing teams in a bucket, what, and then start picking them out and dissecting them a little bit, you know, to be able to do that. Because so, so my, I guess my question is, what do you think if 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 a team lost two games at some point in time, are they? I, I know you can still consider them, but do you think they're gonna make the top ten list? Not if they didn't win the chip. Yeah, that was hard. I mean, I don't. I mean, and I'm like you. I'm not saying they weren't great teams, but if you lost two and you didn't win the chip, I don't know how you find your way on the list. I mean, I guess we'll all find out in a week or so, or whenever we air again. But that'll be interesting. I know this, and and, and, and of course, I love all the teams that have played at T.R. Miller, uh, all of them. I'm going to fight for the '95 team. I think the teams that won the chip, the teams that went undefeated, are going to speak for themselves. I'm going to fight for the 95 team. I'm going to post on the page that you, that you put up, and I'm going to encourage others to do the same. And I, and I know there are other teams that deserve the, the same kind of fight. I was on the sidelines that year, the 95 team, doing the radio. I had a firsthand uh, a view of them, very close to a lot of them, certainly close to the coaching staff. And that was a great football team. Ran into a, 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 little, ba- a little bit of bad luck there in Alexandria and a good football team. There was no shame in losing to them. But uh, I'm going to fight for the 95 team. I can promise you that. Well, that's what we hope people will do, that they'll fight, because there's been a lot of other good teams that has that one blemish, whatever it is. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's amazing how many times they have one blemish, and that blemish was to the state champion, not necessarily always in the state championship game. Right. But it was to the, it was to the state champion. And because um, I, I had some teams back um, like in uh, like the 03 team we had. 2003. Oh, yeah. That's a great yeah. football team. A great yeah. football team. And we lost two of the closest games you could possibly lose to Pike County, who won the state championship. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 it's it's almost a travesty that they were close to being one of these people on this list and close to being one of the greatest teams, maybe, but we our our opposition just got us, just nipped us, and, and I understand that. you, you got to make the plays and get it done. Your strength of schedule on teams like that makes a difference. And I'll give you another quick example. So in 1951, we go 9-1. We lose the first game to Baymanette. So obviously Baymanette's a bigger town, a little bigger school. We, we lose to Baymanette. Then we win nine in a row. We beat Atmore that year. They were good. We, we beat, beat all these folks. What if we had played Red Level or somebody the first game? Well, we'd be, we'd be undefeated, 10-0. and 0, We'd be on this list. But because of the fact that, um, that, that we, we played Baymanette, which we played them for years and years, we have that loss. Down through the years, the teams at Miller that won all these games, they make it difficult sometimes for the teams of the future. 
Because when you start scheduling, you can ask Brent Hubbard about this. When you start scheduling games, you know, there's a lot of folks I don't even bother. I wouldn't even bother making a phone call. They're not playing us. Right. And, and so we end up having to play somebody that we know is either going to outman us some, bigger school, whatever the deal is. And we have to play some of those guys just to get a schedule. Strength of schedule is, is a deal sometimes because, again, we look and we say, well, they lost a game here and there, but had they had they played another schedule or another team or something, they might have been an undefeated team. Well, you know, you beat me to the punch uh, with regards to Pike County. I would strongly suggest to the committee that any of our Taylor Miller teams whose season ended to Pike County <laughs> weigh that very lightly because <laughs> they were great and, and we were great. It just didn't go our way that particular night. But we got them a few times, too. But uh, your, your season ended to Pike County back in those days, there's no shame in that. And another team that, that I would put up against anybody, and they don't have the end-of-the-year success to show for it, and I can't remember the year, but the year we had Dominique Jackson and Cameron Coleman and lost a tough game up there at Leeds. I would put that, them that on was the field. 13? I, I think 13. I would put them on the field against anybody and say, good luck. Yeah, they were they were great. Yeah, and I I don't I don't know if they get mentioned or not. I don't know if they get included in the list or not. But that was a great football team that had a had a bad night at a at a bad time. Yeah, and that's part of the deal about the playoffs. You can't have a yeah. bad night. They lost to a good football team. I'm yeah. not taking anything away from Leeds. They, they they were a fine football team. But uh, I, I'll be convinced, and until the day I die, we were the better team. Just had a rough night. You know, um, and another nice top ten list would be um, just going back and looking at. Again, and we'll do this, the top 10 games of all time. I mean, the best games yeah, of all yeah, time. And yeah. certainly those Pike County games would be a strong candidate to be in there. <laughs> you know, the, Every one of them. And then go Every back, one of them. And go back and think about some of these games, though, like the Deschler game in 1990, the overtime game. How it was down to the wire with the stakes being as big as they were at the time. So what are the what are the biggest games that Miller's ever played? Or you know we can kind of kind of play with that a little bit, but it would be interesting to talk about some of those games and uh, where they where they stack up in the in the long streak. And like a few minutes ago, I was talking about the I think the forty six team. Can you imagine? Uh, Dom, uh, this was the year after World War. You know, second year really after World War Two ended. They are an undefeated team at the end of the year playing another undefeated team. Can you imagine mm. how big that was? And I I, I want to think we played that game in Atmore. But can you imagine how big that game was uh, for those days? And, and I'll tell you, as, as time went on, based on you know some of the research and reading I've done, football became more and more popular in Bruton, more and more popular. And Rotary Field um, became – too small to handle the big crowds at times. So one of the reasons when they built a new school, they know they needed to build a new stadium, that a football was about to outgrow the field that they were playing on. There's just, there's just a lot of areas to go into. I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to these lists. And hopefully, I'm going to say hopefully now, we'll have this list ready and be able to um, – to do the reveal show, I'm thinking here in a couple of weeks we're going to have it ready to go. What do you think, David? I think that'd be great. I think that'll uh, give the committee uh, long enough to, to get some information, compile it, look at it, 
Uh, a lot of it, I think, will be dependent on people's interaction on the page. We need information. We need yeah. activity. We need comments. We just need you to be nice. Okay. One other question I have for you. Okay, so after this is all said and done. I'm and- going to move to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> after- <laughs> after this is all said and done, Number one, do you think anybody's going to disagree with with the with the committee? And number two, do you think maybe we ought to like maybe get a couple of those guys that disagree and like bring them on a on an episode and 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 let them tell why they disagree with the the, the findings? I would be for that as long as we're all on the phone and not in the same room. <laughs> I would welcome I would welcome that if I can be in an undisclosed location. <laughs> Patch via phone, I would have welcomed that. But I certainly don't want to be in close proximity to anybody. <laughs> but we, we're going to try to be nice. It'll be nice. You know, Coach, I want to say this. And we were talking about, like, the, the top 10 games. And, of course, you know, this is getting me excited. It's talking about it and, and thinking about it. And you know, I've discussed it many times. When you go back to the six state championship games we won, you know, the, the, the 69 game was a blowout. The 91 game, kind of a blowout. 94 game, blowout. 2000, it took us a little longer to get control of it, but we knew before the final buzzer we were going to win the ball game. 2002, a blowout. The 84 game was easily the best championship game. That was like a movie. I mean, that that, that played out like something you would see on TV. The way you know, the, with the hook and ladder, fourth and ten, the, the the weather, the field conditions. We're playing all the way across the state. That would be a game, I think, that would be in the conversation for the top ten games of all time, mainly because what was at stake but also, is this an incredible football game? It had every element of difficulty you could have. You yeah. know, between travel, the weather, um, trying to keep everybody where they're supposed to be the night before, the next day, that the field, <laughs> the field was frozen. It's twenty degrees. We're behind. They were really good. Sure. And, and I hate to say this because I was the defensive coordinator. But I hate to say this, but they were actually a little better than I thought they were <laughs> once we got to yeah, play the game. Good. I mean, they had a running back, uh, Cash Covington, something That's like it. that. Yep. And and man, he was good. And there was, but but the play I always remember because I was a defensive coordinator. I always remember this play. You know, we're down a couple of touchdowns just right before halftime, and Dead Gum Covington broke another one. And he's going down their sideline over there. Roger Jones was the backside linebacker. He chased him all the way down the field, had the angle on him, chased him all the way down the field and made the stop down there close to their goal line, and we held him. Yep. And if that doesn't, if that play doesn't happen, mm-hmm. we probably don't win state championship. But nobody, yeah. nobody remembers that except me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. just goes to show, and that was that, that, that deal where you just refuse to quit because common sense. Now I can tell you, Roger Jones ain't catching catch Covington. I can tell you that. Yeah, but right. but but Roger just did exactly what he'd been coached to do, and he made that play. Nobody remembers that play, but that might be the play that won the state championship game. Probably did. You know, so that was it was pretty good. And you know, um, I used to have a copy of the um, the Hugh Ellington call of the game. Yeah, he, he, that, that's a, that's a tre- that's a treasure if you have it. Or yeah, yeah, I, I have treasure. to see if I I can find. It. I had some audio tapes 
that I had taped. And, you know, in those days, they would do it. Then later on, I think it, they'd play the game again, you know, after the game, especially with one, <laughs> and play it. Yeah. So. You, you, you've probably thought about it, but I wonder how many people have as well about the championship games. I mean, most of them have been very anticlimactic. I mean, we yeah. showed up, we, we were well prepared, we, we played well, and they were just, you know, they were they were over before they got started. I think that the 2000 game was entertaining for a half, but even then you could tell we're in pretty good shape here if we just don't get crazy, then of course took control of and that was over with. But the 84 game was the only one that was in doubt, and of course it was, it was in doubt to the very end, and uh, thankfully it went our way. Yeah. And and you're right, but I'm gonna tell you one of the best things about being on a championship team is when you hit that point somewhere about midway of the fourth quarter or early in the fourth quarter, whenever it is, when you realize there's no way they're coming back from this. Yeah, we've won, and yeah. the game's not over yet, but you know we've won. Man, That's right. that is a tremendous thing. Those last five or six, I can remember the. Um, the 2002 game, you know, by the start of the fourth quarter, we were going to have to mess up real bad to lose that game. We had such a big lead. And uh, that whole fourth quarter, well, there were some folks doing it right now, but they were they were enjoying that. And not only that, but we got to put kids in the game, yeah. you know, to play. Yeah. We got kids that day that got to play at Legion Field. Yeah, that's awesome. You know that were that they had no idea they were going to be in the game. I mean, they got no idea they were going to be in the game. It's it's a big deal. It's a big deal for for the parents and everybody for the their their child to get in that game. And so it it, it was it was fantastic, you know. So that's kind of what what we want to do here is is talk about those those games. Even the teams that don't make it, you know. Like I said, we may bring some folks on here and have a a best of the rest show, and yeah. and and talk about some of those guys because. The number eleven team, it's going to be a heck of a football team. I want to, I want to, I want to share this, and I want to say this, and then I want to move away from it. I'm getting real jacked up talking about it. And I've already <laughs> mentioned I'm going to fight for the '95 team. The single best football game that I've ever seen, where I was there in person and witnessed it, was at Beauregard that year. Yeah, and and, and, and a lot of it was because. I just wasn't sure what they were bringing to the table, but we found out real quick they were bringing a lot. I, I'll never forget this. I was I was on the sideline reporter, uh, Bill Henderson, Hugh Ellington, and myself were calling the ball game. And the first play of the game, they had the ball to start the game. They're around their 20. The first play of the game, their fullback comes up and squats, and we drill him for about a two-yard loss. Hugh brings it down to me to, to recap the play, and my quote was, Hugh, they're going to do that all night. It's going to be a long game. <laughs> the next play, that guy breaks six tackles, goes 82 yards for a touchdown, and here we go. But that game had everything. It was so physical. Uh, great players made great plays for both teams. Uh, I remember Bebe Johnson being a – if there was any doubt he was going to be first-team All-State, he erased all that that night. Sylvester Mitchell was great. Jason Madden was great. All the stars played that night for both teams, and that was a fantastic football game. And at the in the game when we needed a play, we needed a big play to make it happen. I put um, uh, Benny Campbell in there and gave him the ball, and and just you know, it, hey, if we're gonna lose this game, let's lose with Benny. Yeah. And he broke a run down the sideline, and I, I don't know, you know, today they can um, they can come up with how fast they're running. You know, and all on TV, right. they tell you he ran, 
you know, 18 miles an hour, whatever he's running. I don't know how fast Benny clocked that <laughs> that night, but he was flying when he went down that sideline, and uh, that was a that was a really a, a tremendous game. I tell you a quick story about the game. It was kind of kind of strange. So the game, right the last few seconds of the game, and I'm standing on the sideline. Sylvester Mitchell standing next to me, and so all of a sudden he throws up. And I said, "You okay?" And he says. You know, Coach, he said, I don't remember anything about this game. <laughs> I said, okay, well, we're ahead. We're winning. Don't go back in the game, which he was out. He wasn't going back in anyway. So, of course, he had a concussion. So, we held him out and held him out. Actually, I think I held him out two weeks before we let him play again. I went back and watched the film of the game. He played the greatest game that year of his career. I mean, that night of his career. Mm-hmm. And, and and doesn't remember any of it. <laughs> <laughs> the film don't lie. The film doesn't lie. And I remember telling him, Sylvester, you were great, but he says, I wish I could remember it, Coach. <laughs> well, he was. He was. That was a that was a great night. And there are a lot of like when we start doing games, you know, that's I, I would be interested in what other people view as, you know, their favorite game because uh that one was a great one. And there have been a lot of great plays, particularly a lot of great playoff games when you yeah. know when you know you have to win to keep going yeah it's awesome. good stuff awesome yeah. awesome can't wait all right david well um we we hope uh, i'll get this up get it on facebook and we hope that um people will uh start giving us some help there and making some nominations and talking to some people again you can get a hold of us or you know message us on facebook or make a comment or gee just give us a call or however you want to do it, but get us some information and we're going to do that and get that to the committee. And uh, hopefully here, uh, I would say before the end of February, we'll be ready to go with that list. Coach, any chance that Dan Thomas shows up on any of these lists? <laughs> I wouldn't exclude anybody. David. <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, well, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm yeah. going to throw this out there. If for some reason his name shows up on one of the top 10 player lists, I'll refuse to read it. <laughs> the the yeah. fix is in. We'll just we'll just have to see how that goes. I you know <laughs> I don't know, but let's remember you know that you know Dam's kind of from that early sixties deal again, <laughs> you know. So that's right. He 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 didn't get a lot of help. He didn't get a lot Not of help. Much Not much, much at all. Okay. All right, David. Thanks, and um, and uh, let's get to work. All right, Coach. I enjoyed it. All right. Thanks again. This has been a minute with Coach Riggs. Till next time.